Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of More Than a Title. I'm your host as usual, Jared Thomas, and we have a special guest in episode number nine. And before I even intro this brother, man, I just want to tell you a real quick story, Q. So when I first started my LinkedIn journey, brother, you were the first black creator I saw on the platform. Hey, that's a cool first. answer at the same time. It, exactly. We could talk <laughs> all of that, brother. You was the first one I saw. It. And I just told Jordan before you hopped on, man, I was like, man, I would see the brother with the hat, fly as hell. And I'm like, shit, he's doing it. He's being himself, man. And you know what made me? You inspired me to wear the hats, man, because I'm a fitted dude. And I was like, man, I'm going to bring myself and I'm going to just be my authentic self at all times, brother. So you helped inspire me to do that. And once I did that, man, things took off. So I want to say in front of everybody, brother, thank you for what you do. Seriously, that, man. man. Like, it's real, man. So, you know, I don't even know if we can go into an intro now, but this brother, you know, Q, he's a content creator, keynote speaker, content creator. Um, he's part of the LinkedIn Accelerate program. He's a crazy, you know, super dope professional, man. And it's just an honor to have you on the show. So let's all welcome my special guest, Quentin Michael Allums, my brother. Appreciate it, bro. Thank you for using my full name, too. I feel like it makes people uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask if I call you Q, man. I feel like I already know Q's you, bro. Q's fine. Q's fun. I just feel like recently I started going by Quentin Michael. It's a story that we don't need to get into at all, but <laughs> Q, Q's cool. You know, it's simpler. It's easier for people, but Quentin Michael is what I prefer. My brother, I, I do appreciate that, man. So let's let's start from the top, man, because as you know, it's more than title. And, you know, like I said, you're somebody who I followed your journey for quite some time. So, like, how did you get into the space, bro? And what, what made you what made you focus on creating content on LinkedIn? And, well, like, what has that journey been like so far? Um, I was like, uh, I was a singer songwriter for a bit. Um, okay. not very good, just singer songwriter. <laughs> um, no idea where I wanted to go, but that kind of got me like into videos and stuff. I was on YouTube, like, what, like 2010, I think that time. Yeah. Um, so that's when I really started like creating outside of that. Like I was always a writer, like spending all my times as a kid, like on these writer forums, like before, like before there was Facebook, before there was Instagram and TikTok and all that, MySpace was around, I think, but oh, that's about MySpace. it. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was a little baby though, you know, so, <laughs> um, but after that, you know, like, like really taking it seriously. Um, I remember one of my, one of my buddies, um, he was actually my triple jump coach introduced me to like entrepreneurship, um, like Gary V all of that. And I'm like, damn, like I want to start a company that's going to be dope. Didn't know what it was, but I was like, I'm, I'm going to do something. Um, and I came up with like, this idea like for essentially just like virtual reality education platform. That's like as simple as I can explain it right now. Okay. Um, so I was going to build this thing. I had no like experience at all building anything like this. I was working for a VR company, but I was just doing like their social stuff. But he's like, mm -hmm. yo dude, can I interview you for this? And I was like, Ah. <laughs> no like I don't, I don't really have the idea nailed down yet i'm not comfortable on camera but i agreed to it and it was like by far the worst thing that i've ever done and to this day like i've messed up on stage i've puked before like speeches like i've had some really bad sets some good ones too but okay. some really bad sets but that was the worst thing that is like by far the worst performance that i've ever had after that i was like yo i'm gonna freaking obliterate this i'm gonna do this every day i'm gonna get good at this let's just record a video every single day that was on youtube at first then snapchat then instagram then a little on facebook a little on askwell which is a platform that doesn't exist anymore but that um i got some traction there after that i was like struggling struggling not making any money not i didn't have any clients i was running mm -hmm. my first agency at this time and i reached out to this guy on linkedin 
um, also a black guy who I didn't see a lot of, um, at least yeah. where I was at, entrepreneur, yeah. not really creating on LinkedIn, but I saw he was like working with freelancers. And I was like, yo, dude, love what you're doing. Would love to like partner in some way. That turned into my first client, which put wow. food on my table, which was awesome. But he introduced me to this guy um, that was like, the wave of creators before my wave of creators. I was one of the first video creators. He was the reason that you saw like all that bro tree line by line, overly dramatic stories that we kind of still see still. Yeah. Um, he introduced me to him and I met him and I just posted a video about this. And he was like, dude, cause I was like, I was giddy. Like I was a little kid. I was like, this is dope, man. I want to do what you're doing. And he told me to yeah. unfollow him and tune out everything and treat everything like it's black and white TV and create color TV. And a few like weeks after that video came out and I just went all in, you know, and it wasn't like overnight shit changed, no. but it was a pretty, like it was complete 180, you know, like how yeah. I was living versus what I'm doing now. You know, I had I, nothing I, on I, my, I, on my agenda today. I played video games most of the day. So <laughs> question. what's your favorite video game? I said, that's a dangerous question, man. Like competitively, because I'm super competitive. I love Valorant right now. Okay. Probably all time. It's going to have to be Super Smash Bros. or Detroit Become Human, um, which is a more recent one. I, I, yeah, I've played the Detroit is fire, bro. I'm, yeah, I'm more of fire. a GTA. I'm a yeah, 2K okay, guy. Okay. If you get to the court, I bro. played 2K, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. I'm not that good, but I was. I, I need a point guard, bro. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm recruiting. Yeah, you don't want I'm me as your point guard, bro. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what's, what's insane? And what I love that, that you brought that story up, bro, is that people just see the success, right? They don't see the grind, right? And the fact that you went from, you talked about MySpace days, and I was just talking about this too, right, for, for entrepreneurs. It takes a long time for your content to start creating or building equity in a network enough where people want to reach out to you and do business. And that's the hard part, right? And it differs depending on the quality of your content, right? For me, bro, it took about nine to 10 months to get my first deal on LinkedIn, but I was working at an agency, right? And I was just tired of making cold calls, bro. I was like, I'm tired of that shit. It's ineffective. I make a thousand of these. I get one meeting and it's just like, yeah, you doing me a, you doing me a favor. It's a pity call. Like you're not telling me the problems. You don't care. So it was like, man, I got to change this. And that's when I started doing it and start, started to take off, bro. But like, what, what was um from that one client, like how were you able to scale that or how were you able to judge your content's effectiveness in terms of bringing in leads? Um, I think honestly, I just got lucky back then. Um, For real. Really, really lucky. Like I was early. Like I was like, you could count like the video creators that did it consistently on like one hand and I wow. was one of them. Um, and then wow. you, I took everything that you saw on YouTube, that you saw on Instagram, yep. started applying it to LinkedIn and people were like, wow, this is so innovative, but it wasn't, it really wasn't. Um, I got better and I got good and I built a team. Um, a lot of what drove me was ego, man, which I hate to say, but that's what it was. It was ego. I had a chip on my shoulder. I had stuff I had to prove. It's like, yo, let's build a million dollar company. I didn't even know why or what, or it didn't even matter. Didn't even need to get there. But to me, that meant success. Yeah. Um, and I did so many, so many things wrong. Um, so many things. So the first agency um, made like just over six figures. Um, and then, and that was like a couple months of me, like really taking LinkedIn seriously. And then I was like, Hey, I don't want to do this alone. Built another team. And like, we had like 20 K months, 70 K months, you know? Yeah. Um, but honestly, a lot of it was just luck. Let's create videos and see what happens. Now I'm very methodical and I know what, what it takes to like actually drive traffic to something. I've been behind a lot of successful people, so I know how to do it. But back then, man, it was just, 
a young, a bunch of young kids just like throwing a yep. bunch of stuff at the wall, you know? <laughs> See, it would and I, I'd be lying if I said otherwise. So. <laughs> and that's why I appreciate you, bro. That's real. And that's what that's what we need to hear, man. Right. So but like you mentioned something, too, about the chip on your shoulder, bro. Let's talk about that, because as African-American professionals, man, let's talk about that chip on your shoulder and how that drove you, man. Yeah. Um. Oh, why? Let's go back to the why. Right. Like your upbringing and things like that. Right. Because where we come from. Right. What we're expected to be in this industry or just as a professional as a whole. Right. Like what was that about, brother? Like, like, well, you know, do you, do you still have that? The chip? Yeah. Oh, uh, no, no, no. No, if I showed you my calendar, you'd be like, "Damn, dude, what do you what do you <laughs> like?" <laughs> I feel that shit away. <laughs> there's, there's no chip on my shoulder anymore, but it was there for a long time. And the like, the sad part is, is that I didn't know it was there. Like, I had a pretty unique childhood. Like, um, dad left early, like a lot of people, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. before I really like even knew what that meant. Um, yeah. Very, very young. So it was my mom, my older sister, um, and me um, when I was young, and as we grew up, you know, like, it was like, yo, we're going to take you and put you into foster care. Um, you're going to be homeless for a little bit. You're going to move a bunch of times. Um, like there was times where I slept with a knife under my pillow. Like I just kind of had like a crazy up and down childhood, which honestly, like not many people ask me about. Um, so it's cool that you bring that up, but cause it does affect a lot of things. But for me, I just like zoned everything out because it's about survival it was about survival for me as a child like all the time how do you focus on school how do you focus on sports when you're worrying about surviving um so even when i started a business it's like like i'm gonna start this thing guys let's quit my job with no income no plan nothing which is the dumbest thing ever but i did it um and the reason i did it is because i was looking through my phone um which my girlfriend was using at the time and there was a conversation between her and one of her friends and it was like what is he doing basically and i was like no fuck y'all fuck y'all i'm quitting my job i'm doing this i'm doing this right now the dumbest decision but it worked out whatever but i I don't recommend anyone else does this but i I quit and i struggled like struggled like everything that i went through as a kid like nothing compared to like how i felt like power turned off one time i remember like finally someone paid their invoice on time and i was like yes i'm gonna buy food groceries and then my power was turned off not because i didn't have the money because I didn't pay in time. So all my food spoiled. Like, dude, I was like, I was struggling. Um, but I just, you know, like you're black, you come from nowhere. Like you've got like successful siblings and it like so much to prove. But I realized it was just, I had to prove to myself that I could do those things, not yeah. to anyone else. And honestly, I didn't really overcome that until 2021 you know like took me going to get a job which i was like hell no i'm never going to do that again um for me to really like look at myself and say like yo like you have nothing else to prove yeah i think you you definitely i don't think you have anything to prove brother i think what you've been able to accomplish man is insane like i said and you you can't quantify the inspiration and impact that you have on people and I think that's more important than anything, brother. Like I told you earlier, man, you, you know, there's, there's probably hundreds of Jarrett's right now. You know what I mean? Or, or people like me that seen your shit and was like, yo, I'm going all in. Cause now, and then I reciprocated, right? Because I, and I tell people, yo, it was you, yo, check out Q, check out this one, check out this guy. You know what I mean? And then I'm taking late night calls and I'm giving the game and I see them on LinkedIn and they getting lit and they do it. And it's going to be a snowball effect, bro. That's what we so, need, like, man. That's, that's what, what we need. need. Especially like, People of color, man, like I scroll my feed and I don't see anyone. And it's it's so sad, bro. We're yeah. there, 
but it's so scattered and it's it's just so we're, sad. We're afraid to t- what I hear from people and especially like black professionals, right? It's just most professionals in general, especially on LinkedIn. They're too concerned about the professional image. And, you know, will this job look at me or how will my job view me or when I go in the office and all these other things, they always think about the negative. Right. And I speak to enough CEOs, and entrepreneurs that really know what separates people is mindset. Right. The glass half full versus the glass half empty. Right. Me. I'm like, I don't give a shit because I hit rock bottom. I tried your way and I fucking failed. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I failed. Fam. Like I hit a quota a few times. It's like you said, it was a 20 K month, 70 K month this month, that month. And you get tired of that shit. So after by the time I hit 33, bro, the time I hit 31 when I started it, I was like, man, let me just go for it because I feel like I got energy. I got passion. I'm from the streets, man. I like I was working in BBQ, smelling like ribs, snuck in a tech. Like people need to hear that because there was nobody who looked like me at the top. So I had to fight and claw for it. And I always promised myself if I ever get anywhere, if I do anything good, I'm opening the door. I'm pulling the ladder. Come through. Get you in tech. Let's get this popping. Let's get you a bag. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's what that's what I'm about, bro. But like, I'm curious. So, what what made you shift? Because you also seem like a very very prideful dude, bro. Like, so for you to go to back to a, a job, right? Like, how has that transition been? Um. So I'm not. I'm doing my own thing again. I'm building my business as a creator now. Um, Absolutely. But last 2021 January. Um. Actually, rewind. So I closed down my company. Um, and then I see one of my co-founders featured in Vogue for his new fashion brand. He's crushing it. Super proud yeah. of him. Then I see another co-founder. takes a lot of our clients, which totally cool. Like we said, take the clients and one of my old employees, same thing. Started a new business, similar to what we were doing, just more focused. They're crushing it. Super proud. Another one takes over our podcast, focuses on sneakers, crushing it. Then there's me. And I'm like, damn, like, I don't know what I want to do. Like, this is everything for me. This was my ticket. And mm-hmm. I just, my brother had just passed away, like company closed down, you had COVID, you had BLM, you had all the stuff that was just going around everywhere. Like I was just out and burnt out and I didn't really know it. Um, so I just drifted like what I think it was like a year, honestly, like just drifted. And I decided I was going to start a podcast because I randomly decided to watch anime with my eyes closed. I don't know why, but I, I did. And I was like, this is kind of dope. Like you pick up on things that you didn't think you would and you miss certain things. And I just dove into this world of podcasting. I had started a podcast before, but never like anything like that. I was like crazy proud of or crazy creative. So I launched this narrative show, um, like background music, like sound effects, things like that. My first guest on there was Lewis House. Um, interviewed him. He liked it. And then we went back and forth and I ended up leading the marketing team there. Um the main reason for me was like, I wanted to see what the top looked like. Um, I had been behind people, but it was always on really like a smaller scale. Um, I had built stuff, but smaller scale, you know, I wanted to see what the top at the top, at least in my field looked like. Um, and working there was awesome, man. Like I learned a lot, grew a lot, missed a team. Like every day they're so dope. Um, but there got, there was one point where someone said something to me. Um, I was talking about moving to LA or something. And then I said, it's too expensive. Yeah. And they said, that's not an abundant mindset. And I, my first like response was like, fuck you, bro. Like you, <laughs> I, I was born with a goddamn like, abundant mindset, but then I stopped and I was like, you know what? You're right. It's not an abundant mindset. I want to wake up, drink coffee and sit and stare at the wall so that I can be more creative. And when I want to work, I want to work as hard as, as I can because I enjoy it. But when I don't, which is most of the time, I don't want to work and I have everything that I need to be able to do that. So what am I doing? Um, so I jumped back into entrepreneurship. Um, 
I mean, it took a break, but back in. So I was there for a year, jumped back in um, this past January. Um, But the main reason was just exploring and finding myself, you know, and learning from the top of the top. That's real, bro. That's real, man. Like that's, that's insane, man. Like how, but how was it, right? When you started working at the job, like did they start, <laughs> I know they treated you like a rock star, bro. <laughs> you came in the office, they're like, yeah, that's cute. Like, how did you, how do you deal with that in a company and still be level-headed? Oh, it wasn't like a rock star. Cause you had like Lewis, you know, and Lewis is a lot bigger than I, than I am. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the teams meeting people like Tony Robbins and Jay Shetty and like, yeah. um, Sophia, like all these big people, like Matthew McConaughey, like coming through the office. So it was never like, wow, Q, you're yeah. so amazing. Um, but there was like, I don't know, like for me, I'm just, I've always been very blunt. I'll just speak it how it is. I'll challenge things. Um, but it, it was cool, man. It was, it was like running my own little startup within a company um because i had like my marketing team but um they're used to all that so it was never really weird or anything like that but they did value me which was nice and they listened to what i had to say that and that's that's more important than anything do they value what, what hove said they respecting my mind now just a matter of time now <laughs> you know what I mean? so i love yes. that i love that shit man so man um like i said what, what i was going to talk about too man i, I do want to talk about you know, like how your your mindset. I do want to kind of dive back into that, bro. So I'll, I'll set this up, man. When I started my LinkedIn journey, I went through the same thing. Where first week I started an agency, one of my my uncles, where our best uncle, we have the same birthday. He passed away a week when I started my job. I was crushed, fucking devastated, man, my guy. And then four months later, my grandfather at the height of COVID, bro, soon like March 20 something. I can't remember the day off the top of my head, but he passed away, bro. And we couldn't even have a funeral for him. You know, I felt like he needed a ticker tape parade like the Yankees, bro, because he was that great of a goddamn man. And I was crushed. But I was at the height of what I was doing on LinkedIn. I was at the height like I was right there. You know, you know, when you're starting to feel it and people are reaching out, I'm like, that shit was so tough, bro. And I took a break for a month from LinkedIn and just social and period, bro. And to the point where like my CEO at the time was like, yo, he went on LinkedIn. It was like, yo, where's Jared? Where you at, bro? And which was kind of insensitive at the time thing looking back. But um, of course he wanted the revenue and all that other stuff. But like you also had a, you know, a, a, a passion in your family. And I have a brother and two sisters. I couldn't imagine, you know, going through that brother. So I would love, you know, if you could explain to us, you know, how were you able to persevere through that brother? And, you know, what are some lessons that you that you've learned from that, man? Or, or what are some lessons, you know, I know your brother's proud as hell, but like, you know what I mean? Can you just tell us some, you know, if you mind sharing something with us, bro? Like, because it was hard yeah. as fuck for me, man. Like, I'm, I'm still hard. You don't you don't get over it. Yeah. Um, I don't think I did persevere through it, honestly. Um, That's real. I buried myself, at least initially, in work. Um, I took some time off, but your mind's going through so many things, which is fucked to me because most people get, what is it like bereavements, like four days sometimes, like sometimes two weeks, but I had my own company. So I was, I was lucky in that aspect. Um, but when I got back, we had the worst month, um, that we ever had. Um, and then I said, okay, sat down with our business coach. And I said, if we don't hit our goals, just fire us as clients. And I buried myself in that we had our best month after that then COVID happened <laughs> like two months after that but then it's like okay you can't do anything you're forced to sit with this and that that was the hardest thing man like 
I think that's the point because it's supposed to be the hardest thing. Like I was questioning everything, like who I am. And I've always had like a deep sense of self-awareness, but I felt like I didn't know anything. And I felt like I just spent all this time working and building and hustling to build a company. Like before, like a couple months before I talked to my brother and he was going to come work for me, you know, and I'm building this company for him to come work with me. Then he's not there anymore. So what's the fucking point? You know, if I'm going to hustle to be able to buy my mom a house, to be able to have this amazing life for my future family, but then... Either I'm not there or they're not there. Like, what's the fucking point? What's the um, so then it, that's why I drifted, man. That's why I did nothing. And I took that job because it's like I could be an entrepreneur, but does it matter? Like, it matter. what am I going to build it for? Um, that's so real, man. So I, I'm still working through it, man. Like, I haven't even gone to therapy yet. I've committed to doing a year of therapy, but I haven't found a therapist because I want to be comfortable with them. Um, right. Still, right. still working through it. One thing that's helped me a lot but it's just how I am is doing like my social experiments, you know, like I did one on grief and the whole time I just wanted to cry because I'm just listening to death and pain and sorrow and all these things. But it was the most beautiful thing, man. Like, so creating has helped me a lot, but I, I feel like we're supposed to, we're supposed to struggle, you know, and we're not supposed to come out of it stronger. People will always tell you like, you're coming out strong, man. This is great. Like you're like, I, I want to hurt. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Let us feel that pain, you know. I think that's the biggest thing, but sucks, and it it should, you know, because they're not they're not there anymore. Yeah, man, that's that's real as fuck, man. So the, the follow up question to that, bro, what does happiness look like for you right now? And I know that's yeah. a deep ass question, bro, but I, I feel like it segues, man, because you said I said the same thing, man. If I don't have my family, then what the hell does all this shit mean? It means nothing, right? It doesn't matter how much bags you have. Doesn't matter. And all that shit doesn't matter if my family can't enjoy it with me, bro. So like, what does happiness look like for you now? What do you get excited about? Yeah, right now, I know exactly what that is. Um, like, I want to do what I want when I want, how I want, with who I want. Like, which is what yeah. I'm doing, man, for the most part. That's that's the biggest thing, like true freedom. Because I, I built the companies that I thought was freedom, but I just worked myself back into a job. And then I hated it again, you know? So mm-hmm. real freedom, but also like having people in my life that I love, but just as important having people in my life that love me, which is something that I, I feel like I haven't had a lot of. Um, I yeah. always feel like I give, give, give. Um, and then they take, or it's the other way around. They give and I take, you know, I've never, never like truly had like deep relationships, which is something that I'm, I've been working on a lot. That's real, bro. And that, what you said about, I could imagine you get a bunch of it, right? Because you're only, I could imagine your DMs look fucking insane, right? <laughs> so like, like people constantly want it. They want the cloud, whatever, whatever they want from you, right? Do business just to know you is the same thing, man. But I'm dealing with that right now. But happiness, you, 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 to a T. Happiness is doing what I want, when I want, how I want it with who I want, however I want to do it. And it's like, and I'm at a point now where, you know, obviously I'm working with a brand. Now. I love my company. Shout out to them and all that other stuff. Right. But like, what happens if I get big? What happens if I pop? What does what does that look like? You know what I mean? Like, what does that look like for me? And really just happiness is me showing my son that you can do whatever the hell you want, because he's four years about to be removed from high school. man. He's about to be going in. He's about to be a freshman. So, like, how the, the hell did you have a kid? That old is wild to be, bro. You it's like, like, Thirty-three years old, like bro. Twenty when years I'm, old. When I'm forty, he's gonna be twenty. We're gonna be in the club tearing shit up. I promise. <laughs> Both still looking like you're twenty-five. You think not, bro? Like I'm being that killer. That's my boy. But um, but like you know, I just, right? He's at a point where he's figuring it out, and I'm figuring it out too, man. Like as a dad, you figure it out. Like I always thought I'd be the cool dad, but then you're never cool. 
It's all that type of shit. Like, I can wear the hats. Like, I have the Jordan. I come to school. His friends love me. Like, you're, you're just dad. You know what I'm saying? And that's just what it is. But my goal is to show him that anything is possible, bro. You know what I mean? I want him to come into 18. I want him to come into the job. You're the vice president of marketing and sales at 18, and I'm grooming him today. But how can I do that if I'm working for a brand? And how can I do that if I'm not taking a risk myself? I mean, I agree and I disagree. The reason I disagree. All right. Because I I think everyone's different. You know, like I used to look so down on people that like worked a job. I was like, if you want to be an entrepreneur, what are you doing? I was 22. I was an idiot. Um, (laughs) But I feel like it's because I did it. It's harder to work a job and do what you're doing right now. Like it's harder. Oh. Compared to what I'm doing, dude, I wake up in the morning and I do nothing and I create when I want to create it. So my calendar, that's it. That's easy. What you're doing is so much harder. And I feel like that, that is like more valuable for your son. And sure, one day you're like, yeah, I just want to do this and this is what I'm doing. But I work to get there. That to me is a bigger lesson versus, hey, I'm going to quit and just figure it out and do whatever. And maybe we'll make it. Maybe we won't. But yeah. I don't know. Some people like maybe you should work a job. Other people is like, maybe you shouldn't start a company. Maybe you should do yeah. both. I, I think there's a balance depending on who you are. I can't yeah. say that for you, but. No, for sure, bro. And that's It's real. hard, man. It's, it's, it's hard doing tell both. Tell me about it, bro. Tell, tell me about it. It's paving road while you're driving. And that's yeah. the hardest thing you could ever do in life. So it's like, bro, like I've got this podcast right now. I've had the CMO of Gong. I got you. I've had the global social media at, at Spotify. I, I'm even talking about getting Damon John on, right? Like, like stuff like that is insane. I'm doing this from a two bedroom apartment in the Bronx. Right. But I want to sell hats. I want to sell the hoodies. I want to sell all that within the brand. Right. But what does that look like? And that's the look like is a question. That's the thing. Right. And will they allow it within that corporate structure? So that's where we get back into the entrepreneurship and all that other stuff. Not saying they won't because they've been hella supportive. Like, I love them, bro. Like, it's I was like a rock star from day one. And I'm like a humble dude, bro. It's like, yo, I love your stuff. And it's like. I'm just me, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just doing my thing. But being able to wake up and just create when you want is like insane, bro. But like speaking of the content, though, let's segue to content. What do you think about the Web 3.0 era? And as a creator, what is the biggest opportunity that you see? Yeah, um, I feel like it was made for me, man. I've been waiting for this for, forever. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I want to create worlds and experiences for people. It's what I've always wanted to do. Uh, that's why I got into VR initially. Like it just... Yep. It excites me, but also ownership over those things. You know, I think the biggest opportunity, um, if you read a book called Future Proofing You, it talks about like kind of web two, not really, but a little bit. It talks about like web two and the opportunities that came. Yeah. Um, if you look at any like big shift, so web two to web three, that creates a lot of new things. Let's just take like social media, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say social media looks more like Fortnite and you're in it and you have your avatars and clothes you wear or like you're out in the real world, but you have AR glasses and the same stuff, yeah. right? Think about the problems that then come up because of that. Like the problems that came up with Web 2, like a small one, yeah. like here's a phone that you have in your hand. A phone needs a case. Phone needs a screen. Whoever like started that, that's a lot of freaking money right there, you know? And you can, you can blow up just from those problems. In terms of creation, I think it's people that create worlds and experiences, not photographers, not videos anymore. I think that'll all be relevant still, but it's people that can create full-blown experiences. Um, Let me create something that you can step into. Let me create something that is a world and experience that you can be a part of and join. I think that is, to me as a creator, is the biggest opportunity. Um, It's something I'm just so, so, so excited for. 
because you're creating every aspect. Um, and then people get to tell the stories with you and join with you. So I think that's the next wave, like Instagrammers, TikTokers, world builders, in my opinion. But. World builders, bro. I love that, man. So what, what kind of, just, you ain't going to tell me any plan, but what kind of world would you build, bro? I'm just curious. Like, oh, what, what, is your, what is your ideal <laughs> virtual world look like, bro? Like, don't give me no crazy ideas and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? I want you to keep the, you know, let's yeah. that. I just, I want to be able to explain what's in my head, man. I feel like I've always seen the world differently and I've always struggled with that. Struggled in school. I struggled as an entrepreneur because I always try to learn how other people learned. I just want to be able to explain what's in my head, but I also want to take what I'm doing to the next level. So not so much like let's build a universe, like a video game that people can be part of more like let's build this thing that you step into. And when you do it, it's only an hour, let's say it's the most revolutionary thing that you've ever been a part of you, everything about your life, everything about how you think and view yourself changes. I want to be able to do that through experiences and through worlds, what that looks like. Kind of know, but I do, I know, you know, like, well, Well, that just sounds insane, bro. Like, and you're going to do it, man, because you're, you're, you're that dope, man. Oh, and shout out to Britta. She, she asked, you know, love you, sis. She said, what was the name of the book that you just said? Um, it was the future. book is Future Proofing You by Jay Samet. Um, or maybe it's Samit Salmon, I think. Jay Salmon, yeah. Cool. I'm definitely going to check, check, it, check that out, bro. It's but, dope, uh, man. He runs an experiment with this guy. And like this guy was like on welfare, had a terrible upbringing, and he makes him a millionaire in less than a year. Uh, so he's talking about the lessons. Really, really dope book. Wow, bro. Matter of fact, speaking of, speaking of that, what do you prefer, the bag or happiness? There's another book, okay? All right. <laughs> it's, you probably heard of it. It's uh, Four Hour Work Week, uh, which is, I want to, again, same, similar. Um, but he says something in there that just, this is a part of what pushed me to just say fuck it and just do my own thing again. Mm-hmm. He said, who's worth more? Person that makes, this isn't the exact numbers, but the person that makes 500K a year, but works 24 seven, or the person that makes 50K a year and works two hours a week, who's worth more? You know, like, again, if you're building, you're making all this money, but you can't do anything with it. What's the fucking point? You know, and really just understanding my lifestyle and what I need. I love money. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I love money. I need it. I want it. But I want to do things that make me a lot of money for very little, like, not necessarily effort, but time. I don't want to trade my time. So I would just say, think about that. Understand what you need because been there, man. Like, let's scale this thing to a million. Let's hit seven figure. But it it means nothing. And maybe you don't even need it. You know, there's people making bank just chilling. Um, And others that are making bank, like working really hard. Like whatever works for you, you know? Whatever whatever works. I would have, I definitely respect that answer. I, you come off across as a person that doesn't, that you, obviously we all need the bag, but impact, which goes back to what you were saying about building those universes, right? And, and those future, future experience, right? So like, that's what I'm about too, man. I do want the bag, but I feel like if you impact people, then the bag will follow. And that's just what it is. You know what I mean? And that's what sales is. And that's why I'm a good salesperson because I'm not sitting here like, hey, I'm gonna sell you this pencil. And I'm not trying to convince you. I'm trying to help you. And if I know your problem, then I can sell you. And this is why I don't want to do cold call because I can't fucking sell you if I don't know your problem. So it's like, you know what I mean? But if I can lead you down the rabbit hole, see that I'm a good guy, good father, good, you know what I mean? Whatever this and showing you what it is in my real world, because I just look at LinkedIn like a journal. That's all it really is. I say what the hell I feel when I feel like it um, and doing that. But I would love to monetize that. Like like going back to the Web 3.0 era. What the hell is the value of that post? 
What's the value of a moment? What's the NFTs? All those things, right? But it's all based on the community and the impact that it has on people because they they basically say what the value of that is, right? Gary V scribbling a little doodle on a on a paper. $30,000. $3,000 because the market said it. The people oh, said it, right? Which is insane. Dude, like, what's the flip? I swear they're like 30K right now. Unless it's gone down, I guess everything's crashing. What's V Friends, the first series one? What's that worth right now? Let me check. Oh my God, please. I'm pretty sure it's like 20K, 40K or something. But I'm sure it's gone down with everything. Let me see. Even that. But so it's but, seven ETH. What is seven ETH right now? Whatever that is. That's a lot, but I've <laughs> never heard of that. What the hell is that? <laughs> I'm in Ethereum. Hold on, I'll tell you the dollar. All right, because that's a, this is a learning experience. All right, so it's crypto. So okay. friend Series One. Yeah, so it's like fifteen thousand dollars right now. Woo! Yeah, yeah. Just one the, little scribble, you know the scribble. the minimum, the minimum, like the lowest of all his scribbles is worth fifteen thousand dollars right now, which is oh. insane. He'll probably do a couple of M's in revenue just from that alone. Or he's probably, done. You don't even want it. Like it's, it'll uh, make him more than his agency ever will, man. And now he's got series two. Like that boy, he's chilling. <laughs> see, but that's the thing, right? And that's what I'm telling people. That's why the community. People are talking about the creator, but it's the community having that. And he's fucking bust his ass for a long time doing that, right? And now he has that freedom. He still, and now he has the relationships. He could do commercial. He could do it. The world is his oyster. Yeah. And that's where I wanted to get to, right? That's where I personally aspire to be like or whatever. I don't know if it's going to be like his journey per se. We all going to have our own, but that's where I want. And that's what gets us freedom, bro. So like, that's insane. And I hope you fucking get there. We're going to scribble something right now, bro. Put it out there. Somebody's doing <laughs> this podcast. We'll put it out, man. But um, yeah, I do want to get into NFTs. I just, I want to wait. I want it to be like more experience-based like come out to a cabin in colorado you get unlimited access with this you know and we do like random experiences something like that i don't know yet though i've been taking my time that's dope bro well i'm curious too bro like um this would be the last question you know what i'm saying like um as far as like the business you're doing right now have you ever took investors and stuff like that and if you have talked to investors like what do those conversations look like for a small business like as far as equity and all that stuff yeah, I talked to one investor about like a merger once. It always scared me. I know nothing about that world. I've got like a few friends in private equity, but that's just not my space. Um, yeah. I've always bootstrapped everything that I owned. And right now, my business is me. That's my business. I don't want employees probably ever again. It was, I'm not the best at it. It's a headache. It becomes a job. I just don't want that. I will have like virtual assistants and like a videographer maybe, but not full-time employees. So I don't even think I'm, I am definitely not the person to answer that question, but I can connect you with people that could. (laughs) (laughs) All good, bro. I was just, cause I was thinking about like, say if we do smart agency, this blows up. Like what does the equity look like? And all those numbers, but obviously you have to, you know, crunch financials and you see what the statements, your your quarterly numbers, all that other good stuff. But man, I, I know we're coming up on time, brother. I know, you know, it's, I just want to say it's an honor, man. For real, for real, man. Like this was one of those ones that I had circled up. Man, I'll tell you a quick story, bro. You had me pissed off, bro. And I love you for it. <laughs> I feel like I have that affected a lot of people. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. And I love you for it. Yo, bro, I hit you up one day in the DM. I was like, yo, bro, you're killing that rock. Yo, you hit me back, but it was the automated message. <laughs> I, lost my mind. I lost my mind, bro. 
Yeah, I literally made a post about it. I said one of my favorite creators gave me an automated response, bro. Like, are you kidding me? What was it? Was it a mental health one? Or was it like just like a good job or something? Yeah, it was like, oh, you know what it was? Due to to the traffic in my inbox, like I can't get to you or something. I'm like, no, bro. Uh, Okay. Was it one that I wrote personally? Because there's one that I think I still have up, but it's about my mental health. I'm not taking that down because people just, they'd be like, yo, dude. Are you getting back to me? And I just, I, I can't do that. But it was one of those like, yo, I am so, it felt like yo, I am so up here, sir. And you are just a peasant that's following me. So I will get to you when you get to me. I'm like, damn it, bro, oh, man. And then I didn't even know you was going to respond for, for the podcast, bro. So I'm like, man, I just, I, I got to holler at you, bro. I don't know how I'm going to get in touch with you, bro, but I'm going to keep on trying and trying, bro. And then when you responded back, man, I'm like, I had to double check it. Hold on, you give me with an AI assistant. <laughs> fucking tight. But, <laughs> but it was love, man. And I just want to tell you to your face, bro, that, you know, it's a pleasure to meet you, bro. I, I'm glad to have the opportunity to meet you. You inspired myself um, and many others, bro. And just know, man, it's always love, man. I'm I'm rooting for you. I want to see you do great things, man. I know you are. And is there anything I can do to ever help you, bro? I'm on deck. You're going to have my number. You have in Atlanta, you have in New York, you pull up, it's red carpet, bro. And I mean that shit from the bottom of my heart, bro. So, like, real talk, thank you, man. Word, bro. I almost moved to Atlanta, and I love New York, so I'll definitely hit you up. But right back at you, man. I think, like, just from, like, a who-we-are perspective, I think we all need to see more people that look like us doing things that we want to do. You know, that that goes so much further than most of us realize, and I – I never really paid attention to it until recently, you know, like it's huge. It's huge. And it's very disorienting, not seeing people that look like us. That's very, very. And you're a trailblazer, bro. Um, some people may look at me like that. I don't think I am, but I know I inspire people. You inspire people. And that's how it starts, bro. So like, like I said, just for you to help me put this on, I just came from a conference. This is how I came, bro. I was like, boop, with the Jordans on. I got more conversation about my Jordans than the actual product. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that's what it's about, bro. It's about being ourselves and saying, I could be cool. You know And I still know my stuff and I'm still going to be able to hit this quota and I'm still going to be able to do these things. And I don't have to look like whatever you, whatever box you put me in because I'm not that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And that's what's real, bro. So thank you for that confidence, bro. Thank you for taking time out your day, bro. And we're going to be in tune. And thank you for everybody watching. If, you don't, if you're not tuned in the queue, make sure you go to all platforms. Go to LinkedIn. Go to Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. Go to his MySpace and follow <laughs> that shit if you have to, bro. Like, because he's real. Good luck finding that. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks again, bro. And with much love. And it's another episode of More Than the Title, man. Much love, my brother.